Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast. It is me, your very best friend, Business Cat. In this conversation, Fundamentals and I talk about NIM culture. We get a update on the Waldorf School. How are their how their Bitcoin buys are doing? It seems they're running into some resistance. We chat about it. We talk about finding jobs in a uh, Bitcoin landscape, and then life after fiat. If you like our content, stream us sats and point us hash power. Stream us sats by listening with any podcasting 2.0 enabled app, and stream us sats, just like it says. It's as easy, easy as that. You can uh, send us a boostergram with a comment. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a Bitcoin miner, you can point us hash, slice off a little bit of it, and point it at our Lincoin Stratum address. Our connection details are in the show notes. We have a Telegram channel also now, and uh, you know we're always in there. We're chatting. We want to hear from you there too. If you're uh, not on Telegram, download it. Jump in with us. Finally, my my dear dear listener, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to us. Let's get into it. A guy out there on YouTube, it's Space Weather News. This is his YouTube channel, and like he comes across as like having. Like the the cork board with all the the Pepe yarn Silva. connecting, yeah, yeah. Pepe, yeah. he comes across kind of that, but at the same time, I mean, there's something about him. I listen, so I listened to a really long form interview with him where he presented his whole concept of okay, the pole shift starts, and then that leads into like the magnetic pole shift that yeah. also leads into a physical shift of the planet. But yeah, anyway, he seems kind of Pepe Silva ish, but yes. at the same time, he. Something about it, like I feel like I've in my time on this in this dimension, I've become a fairly reliable judge of character. And something about him, like this guy's not lying to me. This guy is telling me the truth as he understands it, and it's alarming. But we anyway. Hello, hello, universe. We're 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 talking about something we might not necessarily get into, but uh, yeah, (laughs) we're recording. We will, whether we know it or not. I mean, I would. I want my life to be filled with really nothing but Pepe Silva's. The next. Right. The, the next apocalypse is definitely increasing its share of like my mind share. Like What's the up? the pie chart, it's getting bigger. Definitely, yeah. What's up, internet? Rock paper bitcoiners. Yeah, guys, we're happy you're here. So we have since the last time we've had two people pointing hash power at us. We have had Senate is hospice and the big turd. Like it, it blows my mind that people are just going to pay the power bill and direct us like hundreds of terahashes of, of hash power. It's ludicrous. You guys are awesome. Yeah. I got to say some, th- some shit here, dude. This is like, you know, business cat and I explicitly do not do this to get paid. Um, I will not speak for my wonderful partner here, but I do do this for validation of my ideas Right. I did, you know, I did stand up strictly for validation and it's really probably why we get on Mike. You know, we want our, I be, we believe in our ideas and, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting, getting boosts. I don't want to sleep on the boosts cause those are beautiful. And you guys all know, like I tried, I some, you know, will respond to the boosts cause I can, the tech is there. This is so interesting. I just gotta say like, it's, it it's like really moves me to see people point hash, you know. It's just really fucking moving in a way, and it kind of fucks my head up a little bit because it's really validating, and I'm kind of like, oh my god, this is like the ultimate signal of validation. Should I be worried about this? This is like it feels almost 
like like somebody donating you their money like that is like wow that's an incredibly generous offer you're giving me like the lifeblood of your life essentially but i don't know yeah. like donating cash power form? yeah it's such form. a new way to do it it feels like like oh my god dude, you took all the time to set up a goddamn bitcoin mine and then yeah. you just you know one of these machines i'm gonna i'm just gonna point it to somebody i like like that's Th- such a huge crazy thing to do this form is work and you have to go out of your way and it's very much like it gets into like my biology to like be affected by it and the other thing is these are two terrific nims okay this this is also a good point i want to get to get into this for a second like senate as hospice is an incredible nim. like if i if also by the way if i'm going to be validated by people pointing hash these are great nims for people who i we know who boosts us Right. I know all the guys who post us. Right. I don't know you guys. And yet you guys are like clearly important people in our life. You're telling us you're sending a message in a bottle like that. You guys, both of you guys, I assume you're listening. Please jump in our telegram chat. Like, I I don't care if you use the same alias. We were talking like, I don't know if you guys even want to be known. Right. And we want to respect your wishes if that's the case. But dude, Senate is hospice is an incredible nim. And the big turd is an incredible, incredible name. I love, I love a good turd nim. Okay. I was, um, I still don't, I still won't forget uh, about 15 years ago, I was in a bar, they were playing, um, what's the trivia game people play? Can't slip in my mind. You know, the, um, what, just like bar trivia? Yeah. You know, there's like a, they have leagues for it. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, just trivia night at a bar. I it's slipping my mind, but they're like, you know, there's like these competitive like, trivia that people like who the go to ner- bars. nerds and drinks or whatever, something like anyway, that. Anyway, I was in a bar. This league was there, and one of the team's names was called the Inglorious Bat Blast Turds. And I was, I still remember, like that's a goddamn good name. <laughs> and uh, Glorious Blast Turds. I like a good turd nim, guys. Just so you get, you know, so you guys know I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for, uh, you know, dick and fart the, jokes. And the nim culture of Bitcoin feels one is one of the areas where I realize like this new finance is like, oh, this is a superior and permission. I mean, it's it's yep. evidence of the permissionless nature of it because like you can type in like in your if you go into your, like your savings account, sometimes banks will offer you like you can put a comment on transactions. Like if you put it. I, uh, speaking from personal experience, if you go into your bank's website and start putting like inappropriate comments on transactions, it's like, oh, this this four hundred dollar Venmo transaction, this was for hookers and blow. They will co- they will like contact you and be like, look, please don't do that this way. This, like, but yeah. like the ability for somebody to reach out from some centralized tower and be like, hey, just so you know, we don't approve of what you're doing, the language you're using. That's just that's not how we do business. Enter Bitcoin. We have somebody who's willing to donate a hundred and sixty terahashes and call themselves the big turd or like Senate uh, clearly like making fun of our system of government. Senate is hospice. Like that's incredible that you can, um, there's another pod. The, the, the place I got the idea to allow people to donate hash us hash power was pod two fifty six. The guys out of uh, Bitcoin park down in Nashville. Yeah. They, and so just recently I was listening to their show. They have somebody, um, um, eight zero zero eight five boobs yeah. donating them hash power. And then the, the most recent one is coconuts. So it's like, all right, so they got a titty-themed do- like hash power donator going down there. It's like, and there ain't nothing they can do about it. Like, as long as these people want to point hash power in this direction, it's it's a push versus a pull system, and there's like nothing you can do about it. Love it. Yeah, and it gets close to like Eric Kason's, um, you know, idea of like the only real the only real freedom that's possible in this panopticon world is being a nim 
on the internet who has Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Satoshi was really the model for this, right? That's he, really he what showed us it was possible. He, yeah. sh- he basically showed us that, dude, you could be the most disruptive human being, you know, really of your generation or of your time or really of maybe even a millennia, right? You could be the most disruptive person to a government and get away with it. And he, like his NIM and his stack proves, right, that he existed <laughs> and did this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I guess the last thing I'll say is if you're going to be a terrorist, you should be a big one. And shout out, dude. Shout out to you guys. Like there, there's just love and you guys are making us, certainly making me deal with myself in a, in a way where, um, you know, making me be introspective at what this all means. And, you know, it's cool. 100%. It's beautiful. Yeah. Have you ever read the book um, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card? Nope. It is a so Ender's Game is a sci-fi story about a kid. So it's like in the future, aliens have invaded once, and the entire planet has to come together to search all of the kids to find the best and brightest uh, military minds, so that when the aliens come back, we can fight them off. And Ender's Game, Ender is like this the brilliant military mind that this global military space military finds and it's mm. his story of like he's a little kid and they come recruit him take him into space to train a military and it's his, it's the whole story of him um but simultaneously to his story is like his parents were were both so like in in this future dystopian world um birth the ability to have a kid have more than one child or one or two i think it was two kids actually the ability to have more than two kids is tightly controlled by the government and so they had the ender's parents had two very intelligent kids but they didn't test right so the government went to them and said hey we'll give you special dispensation to have a third child to try again and they did and they they that's that was the kid that was but that meanwhile that so this ender has these two um older siblings a boy a a sister and a brother and the sister it was too she's too nice she's brilliant but she's too nice so too nice to be a military a person mm-hmm. who'd sacrifice soldiers on the battlefield and her his older brother um he was too he, he was attila the hun he was uh, uh, alexander the great he was too too far in the other direction he's brilliant but he has he he's um he's a sociopath he has he could does not internalize that other people actually like their their feelings matter it's him and him alone and so simultaneously, the story of Ender, like, growing up and going through this military school, it flashes back to the Earth to tell the story of what's going on with his siblings. And their story is, over over years, they, they adopt pseudonyms on the nets, which is, like, what the Internet grows into in this world. Like, so they, they, be, they use pseudonyms on the nets and become political commentary, commentators as children. And over time, they take over the planet. And um, Ender's older brother, Peter, eventually becomes the hegemon of the entire planet. This is, like, multiple books later. But he eventually becomes the hegemon of the entire planet based solely on the, the quality of thoughts of his ideas shining through a pseudonym. Like, if he had presented himself, hey, I'm a 16-year-old kid, and I'm going to talk about how the world should be better, nobody on the internet would listen to him. So he presented himself as Locke. And th- so the internet was like, they didn't know who he was, so the quality of his thoughts out um, overshowed, overshone the, uh, his physical limitations. But yeah, it's like, it's like we are literally... So I, I've... Um, Ender's Game is probably the book that I've read the most of any book on the planet. I, I read it, like, 20 times as a kid, and I've read it a couple times as an adult. And... I'm realizing, like, oh, I think the world is kind of like we talk about multiverse navigation. I think I may have started pulling the universe in that direction. It's not. It's, I can't claim. You know, it's not my. It's not my. My. It's not. I don't deserve all the credit for the pseudonym of Satoshi showing up, but I may have navigated us in this direction without knowing it. 
Hmm. It's interesting. It's like Goldilocks and Three Bears, but with military, you know, sort of military theme. And um, yeah, the power of a Nim. I still don't think we still really fully grasp it. It's very new. Right? It was made into a very subpar movie starring Harrison Ford, um, I think in 2016 or 2017. But it's like the nature of the book involves like prepubescent children murdering each other. So like they couldn't translate that into into film into a film. So they made it's don't don't watch the film. It's interesting that Harrison Ford would be connected to this because as you were telling the story, I was thinking about a connection to Star Wars and a book called uh, Tarkin about Grand Moff Tarkin, who really was like this military genius. He was the guy who presided over the Death Star and he died on the first Death Star. The first one died on it. Right. was like, you know, he refused to leave. It's like in our great moment of triumph, really evacuate. And, you know, and he died on it, but the book, you know, his life story, which is, you know, currently Canon in star Wars really, shows how he became such a military genius and um, how they found him and everything, you know, and he really, you know, he was ruthless without being, you know, without trying to overthrow, you know, his boss, right? Like he knew enough. Yeah. He was there for the empire. He was not there for himself. The Harrison Ford is like, so Harrison Ford's film career I, you can pretty, I, I can pretty clearly, like, when I watch a performance by Harrison Ford, it's like, oh, this is a performance he cared about, or, oh, this is yeah. a paycheck. And right. Ender's Game movie was, this was a paycheck performance, and he did not care. Really, Interesting. like, the, the original Star Wars, he cared about. Yeah. The, like, the new ones were, like, the, these new ones where he gets stabbed by his son, like, he very clearly didn't care. Didn't care at all. He was there for the paycheck. Good for him. He deserves it. He's working, hey man. He's if he's not out flying his helicopter, he's 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 making films. He's living his dream. So it, so you know, it's more on the nim that I think is like also funny in our culture. It's like we have a guy in our we have a guy in our group who I know and is tied to my current community, and like I know that he's done work for people who live near me. And every time I have this thought, like I'm gonna I'm gonna ask these guys if they know him. I have a thought, but I never do it because they're going to say, yeah, what's his name? And I'm going to be like, what the taco? Do you know? <laughs> Dude, I run into that so much in my right. life. I talk about my friends and they're like, oh, yeah, what's that? I was like, oh, his name's Lonely Pumpkins. Oh, yeah, taco. Exactly. Or like, yeah, John. Like all of these all these different nims. But, yeah, that's the world we're moving to. It's, it, it's kind of beautiful, too. I mean, maybe it's like this is like a feature also, right, where you don't end up like talking about people frivolously. When was the right. first time you ever used a NIM? Um, that I'm a, that I can re- remember. That you can remember. Yeah, was obviously. when I started on the internet and I was getting, I was built, I was like on IRC, joining and building little fish community. It's so like the late internet. '80s, early '90s. No, I'd say yeah, early '90s. '94 okay. is when I got on IRC and trading tapes and was so everybody knew me as a name called Golgi, G O L G I, which was. Part of the song Golgi Apparatus, which in, in my high hash rate episode, the title was uh, Golgi Apparatus with Fundamentals or something like that. And it was pretty cool because to me, it was a an, homage, an unintentional homage to my original NIM on the internet. Yeah, you're you're tying back to who you once were. Yeah. All right, so there, yeah. And similar. I, I was that. I was that for sure. That like was a, that was as much as what like Fundamentals is 
So Goldie, you started yeah. on the internet with NIMS, and then over time you started using your real name, and now you're kind of moving back to a NIM? I think it's like, I like the idea, I like the ability to selectively disclose, you know, selectively disclose who I am, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have, I don't have this like, oh, so the other time I, I guess the other time I used a NIM that was really important was when I was doing stand-up. And that I makes want, sense. And I wanted to be on Twitter to test out jokes, right? Oh well, it wasn't even Twitter. Like I used a name. I used, uh, I used the name Brian Paul, which is my Twitter handle, B Brian Paul, mm-hmm. and that's the name. And I picked that name because it was two names that were very common and that nobody would be able to Google. I think yeah. So there's a couple people out there that use just common what what would appear to be their first names as just their screen. And I, I know a couple people who specifically like this is not your first name, but it like it appears like it's your first. I love it. It's, that is a next. So business cat is obviously not a real name, but somebody who just names yeah. themselves like Mark. Like, <laughs> that's brilliant. That's like the next level above my in 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 anonymity. I wanted to hide in plain sight with generic names. Mm. And with a generic name that nobody would be able to find. I was very afraid of like my company finding my comedy. And so, if okay. anybody very ever similar. goes back, if anybody ever goes back in here, you'll know why. I mean, it's just like, and if you know me, you'll know why. Right? So when I started on the internet, so like back in our AOL days, like dial up on 56K modem. It's like, yeah, I was using my, the first place I ever needed a screen name was like, um, like AIM chat and like getting a Hotmail account. And like in the early days, like, yeah, I was using like Star Wars references. Tant- I, I think my very first email address was Tantive4 at Hotmail.com. Nice. Like, do you know the, that reference? Of course, yeah. I fucking love that you know that reference. That's, okay, nobody at the yeah. time in the early 90s knew that reference. But, and I, I remember I was shocked when I typed it into the Hotmail when I was creating, nobody's picked this? Little, little like, like 12, 11-year-old me. Like, nobody's picked this? I can't believe this. But, so I, I started. Technically, technically, that's the first character of the entire movie because that's the first thing you see. That was Princess Leia's no, it's not. ship. That, no, it was the you Princess see, Leia's you ship. You see the engine, the engine of uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer cruise. Oh is no, you're right? right. Fuck, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's them first, then it's the. No, you're you're totally right, 100. All right. Yeah, you see the little thing, and then you see the giant thing chasing it, and you see. Oh, okay. You clearly so, see. So, for this. all you people out there who don't know what we're talking about, Tantive Four is the name of the blockade runner that Princess Leia was escaping on at the beginning of A New Hope. Yep. Um, or if you've seen Rogue One, it's the ship she was escaping on at the end of Rogue One. It's, but, and I would say it's the scene of probably the most epic and iconic Darth Vader action. Re- oh, where one, he yeah. His entrance is film. I mean, really, just that yeah. shot of the tiny blockade runner and then this massive Imperial Star Destroyer chasing it. That's one of the most iconic shots in cinema history. But uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't put it together, but I think all, like, honestly, all of these images and all of these stories are relevant to us. And we'll probably figure this out at some point in time, how it all fits in. But I mean, clearly, I think the basic story of Star Wars is really relevant to us. And it's just like next gen, we like it refers, you know, there's a lot of really interesting references. But I think like eventually we're going to start sorting this out. Tangent before I go back to the NIM stuff. But yeah, so like, uh, like I, in my lifetime, I feel like I went from identifying like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I think that I'm Han Solo. I feel like America's like we're the we're the plucky upstarts that are like trying to do that. And now, like, I realize, oh no, we're we're the Empire, and like we we are des- like we are desperately trying to hold on to our Empire as like the rest of the world keeps blowing up our Death Stars and fucking us up. But anyway, that t- so back to Nims. I started 
with yeah so just like you i started with a couple names and eventually as i was online i moved to using my real name for everything so like real name for my gmail account real name for my all my business accounts and then enter satoshi satoshi taught me like oh no going anonymous th there are major benefits for going anonymous and like yeah like the freedom so i mean when i was still gainfully employed in the legacy fiat system that's when i was still using like a twitter account under my real name handle and I was starting to tweet, like, as I was getting more and more free, my opinions started to become more and more free. And my, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to blame the wife, but the wife was starting to get very, very annoyed at some of the things I was posting under my real name account. Yeah, so that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> I started, I, I created Business Cat at that point and moved all of my activity to Business Cat. It's but so yeah, prior interesting. Prior to that, I was operating under my real name. The, I mean, look, the, I think that I thought a lot about this. Okay. Like, there is a, person you're capable of being that um is completely like not possible under your real name 100 like especially on the internet and who you can be to others on the internet there's a certain like type of leader you're capable of being or a certain type of thinker you're capable of being with people and certain discussions you're capable of leading we'll just say that just aren't possible as yourself. I mean, not even like because you're not even that you're afraid that someone's going to see it. It's more like creatively, right? Being somebody else gives you access, I think. And I'm writing a I've been writing an essay for about three months. This is about fish and their Halloween. This started on 1031 because that's when the white paper was published. And there's just this connection to fish and, you know, white paper published on on 1031.08. Uh, fish started their Halloween tradition on uh, on ten thirty one ninety four with the White Album. I think there's a connection, but also like be, they, it was no, they were known for doing these covers, these Halloween covers, and these costume sets where they would play a Beatles album, or they would play. You know, at some point, they started inventing cover bands and playing as them, and <laughs> having access to music. Like, they were writing music they would never previously written before, and people are observing that. Oh yeah, because this character gave them a whole new access to creativity and i think like that nims give us access to characters you know one funny thing we started talking about on the thursday zoom and dude we were i was i was screaming like oh god i wish business cat was here not for this particular conversation but for another one we had but like we were talking about um whether or not people we know on twitter actually had burner accounts you know mm. and like Somebody was observing that like Greg Foss hasn't been around for a while and somebody said maybe he's on a burner account and I just screamed, nah, I would know. I would hear that shit. Okay, I think I would recognize him under any fucking account. Um, and, uh, but it's interesting to think about because these other NIMs maybe give us another access to thinking and another access to a way of communicating. Um, Rockstar Dev did a, uh, one time he, he, talk, he talked about it for in, in depth about why he uses NIMS and he finds that use, using NIMS is a way to like channel different parts of your personality. Um, so for, for like outside of NIMS, like on a parallel, like so, so my mom um, was an elementary school teacher for her entire career. She's retired now, but I mean, she would teach with like, she had multiple stuffed animals that I feel like have legitimately taken up residence in her brain. Um, <laughs> she has she has like a little lobster claw that she that she teaches with. She teaches math with, and he's called Claw. He's like it's like one of those things. It's like a long tube that with like a trigger on the bottom, and it causes a thing like a mouth to open and close on the top. Yeah. 
Um, it was one time when we were like on a family vacation in Maine as kids. Like I bought one of those and then spent the rest of the vacation like in the back of the pop-up camper. Like while they were driving, I was drawing cartoons of this claw thing, and I, I called I called it claw, and then I was just drawing cartoons of it. She took that home and incorporated it, and then over the years just made it part of her teaching curriculum. And so claw teaches math. Claw teaches all these different things. Claw has his own personality. And like legitimately, Claw will do things that my mom would never do. When she picks up Claw and starts doing the Claw voice, ah, the Claw voice that she does when she's talking with Claw, <laughs> um, Claw will. It's like it's legitimately over the years. I think it's ca- caused a bifurcation in her brain. It's like it's multiple person. It's it, it, decision induced multiple personality disorder. Like she legitimately has a different personality when she's holding this Claw character. Um, like it, for for example, yeah. in. Like, you know how, like, schools will do, like, the morning announcements over those loudspeakers and stuff? So they would have Miss uh, – oh, I, I almost said my last name. They would have um, my mother go up to the, the thing and do the morning announcements with Claw. And so Claw would do the morning, morning announcements. And it's like an alter one, ego, right? Yes. And, and you have Claw, access. Claw would yeah. say things. So Claw did the morning announcements with the principal, and the and Claw called the principal toots. And my mom was, like she, – she talks about it. It's like she's to, she tells the story over, like, a hundred times. But, like – she would never, ever, ever call some like call the principal toots. My mom is a very like like she's not that kind of person. And Claw was like, "Okay, toots, what are we doing today?" And and my mom was immediately like, she was embarrassed for what Claw had said in the same way that she was would be embarrassed like had her kids like like thrown a tantrum in public or something said something in like she was immediately horrified and couldn't believe it. But it was like it was just her other brain talking. So like in so similarly NIMS, yeah. I find myself like the longer I use NIMS, and you're right. Do do we have burner accounts? I have burner accounts. Business Cat is not my only um, avatar online. I have other less known avatars, and yet like legitimately, I feel the pull in different directions as I use these different NIMS for different things. It, it it activates different parts of my my reptile brain. Absolutely, but the one thing I want to cap this off with though that I don't think gets enough respect is that. In addition to all that, I think there is also, I think using your own name also gives you access to something also greater that you can't accomplish with a NIM. Mm, so it, that's some, I do think that's something for people to think about. It's something I think about all the time. Like at some point, like I, at some point, there's certain ideas I want to communicate with my own name because I don't think I'll be able to get the kind of um, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll get the kind of reaction or conversation or development around it that a NIM would you know that that a NIM would have so mm-hmm. like, there's something that it's attached to actually me my experience what I've done in my life that will sort of make it a conversation worthy of happening maybe publicly that it's kind of like look like Mike Saylor was some NIM like Manji is 22 and was saying the things that he was saying, nobody would listen. Mm, true. You, no matter how smart they were, right? And it's just like there's certain things because he is who he is is why people talk about it and why people, why we collectively think about the things he wants to think about. Um, so I think there's at the same time as Nim is very powerful to protect you and to have access to, I think, a creative, um, creative outlet and maybe even parts of your personality you would never discover, right? I think there's things that also probably might need your real name and the ability to selectively 
decide what those are is really what freedom is all about. Different tools for different situations. Yeah. I mean, we should be allowed to decide, right? We should be allowed to, that's why nobody should be doxing our names, right? We should have that freedom to choose that for ourselves. The, uh, and, and like simultaneously, like while the, there are those among us who are going to increase our use of NIMS, it feels like there's a part of the population that is like pushing back. They, they are very uncomfortable with the idea of interacting with anybody who is not like a social security number. Because so, these like, people they, have, yeah, these people have nothing interesting to contribute under their real names or otherwise. <laughs> That's so brutally true. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, people that don't have anything to say, don't care about the freedom of speech. Yeah, they're like, oh, I got nothing to worry about. I don't care. I mean, these are like the these are the pricks who are trying to get in the way of Bitcoin adoption at my children's school. These yes. are the same kind of people. Like, right? There's always like, y- you make a move. There's going to be resistance to that move coming from somewhere. There's always friction. Always but friction. Yeah, so, so you're getting so so. I, I believe the last our uh, audience has heard was that your school, the Waldorf school was going to be doing a uh, some repetitive Bitcoin purchases. Correct. And so the, um, I will say the visionary uh, Dean, who anyone who's listened to like a few episodes has at least caught a, you know, some personal saga between him and I. Um, I mean, you could imagine a guy like who's kind of like me, right? Very strong-headed, very bullheaded, and he has his job. And so he's like, built to resist my shit, right? But at the same time, we connect, I think we do connect on something very deep when it comes to, I don't know if it's Bitcoin itself, it's more of this idea of freedom. And, um, you know, I think he's a like mind and he is an intelligent guy. And he saw, he saw Bitcoin as a solution to what he feels is issues with the school. Yeah, I would say like nobody can see nobody sees Bitcoin until they understand the problem that Bitcoin solves. And I think probably right. in his case, he saw the problem a lot sooner than he saw Bitcoin. So like and he grokked the problem. So when he was finally presented with Bitcoin, he was like, Oh, okay, I see where this fits. So he did it the right way. He yeah. he went to the finance committee of the board and um which is who you go to to get you say, Oh, we want to buy Apple stock. Or we want to buy gold or, you know, we want to buy property with the endowment. You go to the finance committee. You don't go to the board, whole board. You just go to the committee. That's what they're there for. And then they either approve it or they don't. And in this case, they did. And it was game on, as you guys know, <clears throat> game on. And then the I ran into him the other day and he was telling me that he got reamed at the public board meeting. So they said the he's saying that the board kind of reamed him out and i was like ah shit so not not the people attending the board meeting but the board itself the board itself right so like and i don't know who on the board necessarily but he basically said so first of all you guys know that my only real problem with how he did this was the fact that he did it with swan i was concerned I was a little concerned. Uh, I was a little concerned reputationally, but like I was very concerned about just sort of like, you know, just the shenanigans and just like, you know, what sh- what Swan's always inv- Swan's always involved in something that if you're like relying on them, you don't you just don't trust them. And um, you know, it takes a while. So like, you know, um, the dean has had this vision, and he put enough energy into it to find a way 
to do it, which and he was impressed by Swan, which most people when they enter the Bitcoin space and they see Swan's marketing, they tend to be impressed by that. Yeah. Now, because I think my relationship with him is so still combative, like I didn't really feel like I had the ability to really put my foot down on that. And so I I made it known and I sent him uh I sent him a contact at Unchained and I we even talked about like like dude you might even be better with Coinbase, believe it or not, like than Swan as institutional as an institutional custodian. Okay. Just for your reputation you know, all that stuff, right? Short term. But whatever, it was what it was. He got the approvals and Swan was the they sent, I think, Dante to do the presentation and they got the approval and that was that, right? Mm. And that was that. And then um, you know, he started like really he after the fact started feeling the swan thing and he was like yeah but like i can't go back to the, i can't go back to these guys for like a year they're they're tired of talking about bitcoin like they have bitcoin fatigue i was like oh what's that i don't know what that is <laughs> he's like oh no it's a thing um i was joking but like he's like no people do get tired of talking about bitcoin i was like oh yeah i have no idea what that's like um <laughs> But uh, he's like, I can't go back to them. I can't talk about Bitcoin anymore, and I can't go tell them like that. I can't. I'm not gonna go unless you're telling me there's like a real fucking problem with Swan. And it's like there's not. That's oh, like the problem with Swan is that there's no real fucking problem with them. Right. Right. It's 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 we all we just all see like an accumulation of snow on top of a mountain. It's like man, there's gonna be an avalanche at some point. You don't want to be under that. But it's like when I I don't know. I remember, yeah, I, I remember we were discussing this. We never talked about it, but like when they announced the mine that they were mining, yeah, which you know, like I think turns out to be okay. You know, it's actually nice that they showed us that they're doing something actually well. Because I don't really wonder what they do well except for marketing, really, right? They seem to be doing that well, but I was again triggered by like, oh, so now they're telling. It's another thing we didn't know that they're telling us. Like it's just like what the fuck, right? And I got this idea that Swan is like the band Kiss, you know, where like they just sell, they put their name on anything and sell it. And they want to be all things to all people. Like Kiss was Kiss was selling like caskets, like buy your Kiss casket for your loved doesn't, one, you know. Doesn't Kiss license out the entire show to like midget performers too? Like all the, they just, but, yeah, whatever you want, we'll sell it. Kind they're of joke, yeah. And so it's like, uh, so, so if I had to describe like my issue with Swan, it's not like that I, like... Again, we have friends there. They're, you know, we know like they're all good guys and everything like that. But like, at some point, you realize that you got Kiss watching over your Bitcoin. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you left it to those guys, and it's like, what? It's it's unsettling, and you know, like unless you're a private wealth client, like I think like I don't think you're like you probably shouldn't be doing that that much with them. And you know, private wealth, I think that made made sense, but like. It's just it's just like a little disconcerting. So there was nothing he could do about it. And so the most interesting. So then, so so fast forward now a month. We have the board meet. There's the first board meeting after this whole thing started. Okay? okay. And he got a lot of shit about Bitcoin fud, but like all of the fud was about Swan. Mm. How fucked up is that? And he sent me the articles that I I said actually it's pretty interesting. Maybe these people are actually actually know what they're talking about. Right, he goes no. They just Googled Swan Bitcoin and shit or something. And they found CNBC articles about Fortress. You know, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I guess it's so. Like, they didn't have to go far to find their fud, right? And it, and it was Swan. It was basically around Swan. 
So like That's people should not like Swan's such a fucking weak link. Swan is the weak link in this. But if it wasn't Swan, you know, it would have been Elizabeth Warren and mining, and it would have been some other FUD. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, I was pretty fucking worked up after upon hearing this. Okay. And um I remember going home. This was like this was a couple days ago. Went Does he home. want you to come in and talk to the board? That'd be interesting. It's the last thing he wants, actually. I know you. You would. Uh, you'd light that board on fire. But I went. But I already. I reached out to my. I reached out to my meetup, and I said we may have to show up to a board meeting. Uh, and you know what, guys? It's like think about it. We have prospective parents who are looking for a school for their kids, and that you know the Kimberton Waldorf school was not on their radar until a month ago. Uh, I believe you were talking about my wife and I right now. Right, like well, literally the only school that I would even consider sending my kids to is a school that stacks hats. Yeah, and so today a, I don't know any of them to do. That's right. So all of a sudden, there's a school that appeared on these people's radar, right? And mm-hmm. said, "Hmm, I'm, I, if I was ever going to let my kids set foot in a school, it would be maybe this one because they're buying Bitcoin, right? Uh, those your your kids made it known. You're like, yeah." Make sure they buy, make sure they're buying Bitcoin, but like right, they all of a sudden this school shows up on their radar, like we'll say among my meetup at least, right? And now they want to they want to cancel this, right? They want to cancel it. So all of us like that's I think it would be reasonable for me to bring thirty people from my meetup to say, you know what, you guys were on my radar for about a month and. Now you're not because what, well, hey, what the if fuck you schedule it out far enough, I mean, hell, I'll come do that. <laughs> it's like, and so. I mean, long story short, he basically is like, look, I think this will blow over. And mm. I said, I said, dude, this is your show. It's your job. Okay. This is your show, your job. But if this thing does get. This is the game. Like, yeah. Like, so, so what is your conviction? I said, if, well, if this thing does go nuclear, there's no way I'm not going to go tell the board what's up. Okay. I mean, there's no way I'm not going to go in there and say, raise your hand if you spent more than five hours studying Bitcoin. Okay. I mean, this is evidence that your idea that uh, an organization can never hodl as hard as an individual. I mean, this is evidence of that being true. It's like, there's. Dude, I didn't think this was going to happen like in the first minute. I thought like maybe when we went up, when we ripped 5X, the board They'd would be like, like, oh, now uh, we have to, it's yeah, the fiduciary yeah. thing to sell it and make the profit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. right? Uh, so th- it's, it's disappointing that, let, let, let's be clear, Rick. I didn't, I never put a gun to anyone's head and said, you guys have to buy Bitcoin, Right. I've basically said you guys are almost irrelevant to me. Yes, I mean, like, like with that, the Putin interview that just happened with Tucker Carlson is like Putin talked about the weaponization of the dollar in that interview. Like he talks about the weaponization of the dollar all, like all the time. It's one of his more common talking points that I've seen him talk about. But like, I don't think to Western audiences, I, there's still a massive percentage of the audience that just is unaware of the conversation about currency and where and and the idea. So like Wayne Gretzky said, skate to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is. Yes. And like, so school, like that counts for schools. If school, Scott, a school board is not paying attention to where this shit is going, like they are irrelevant. Which is their job. And that's it's their job. Their, right. That's their whole job. By the way, is the, the dean's job is actually the day-to-day operations, but he is actually taking the responsibility. He's doing what the board should be doing. I mean, this is a microcosm of the the, uh, the nation as, as a whole, like the, the abdication of responsibility. It's like the, the, we couldn't even impeach the guy whose job it is to stop people at the border. Like that, like the fact that de- the Republicans crossed the aisle to side with the Democrats to pr- stop that is like there. I mean, if you need more evidence that of, of like the theatrical nature of this, it's like it's it's 
the only the only reason the only way to continue going on that things are like you want to keep normal is like you're not paying attention at this point. So yeah, the whole thing came up because I I uh, ran into him at a basketball game and I said, hey, uh, you were you had mentioned that there would be an address I could donate to, right? And then he just went completely. He's like, not. He's like, ah. First of all, he's like, wow. I'm going to fight this fight. It is true. Like Swan is fucked. Like they're not even letting me get an address. Like what the fuck? Like it's like everything with Swan is just something just off. Right. So he can't even really get an address to donate to. Right. But like I was all ready to make an, make a donation. And like, I was thinking in my head, boy, I wonder how long it'll be before we can pay tuition. Right. I mean, God, what an incredible thing that would be for a school that would allow, that would accept tuition in Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I, I don't want to – like given the option, like if I was sending my kids to a school and I could pay their tuition in filthy fiat or in Bitcoin, like I'm going to pay it in filthy fiat for now. But like there's going to come a point in the future. It's, it's like CrowdHealth. I was uh, talking to the CrowdHealth guys about like pay, paying your uh, – member dues and like crowd health has bitcoin integration and at one point there was more bitcoin integration like you could keep a uh, balance account with them in bitcoin denominated in bitcoin rather than dollars but they've done away with that and now it's just their bitcoin integration is like if you want to pay your premiums with sats they allow that instead I'm gonna of dollars. challenge you i'm gonna challenge you right now okay go ahead. Okay, What's up? okay i'm gonna call back to last week okay and i'm gonna just suggest um that i think this is a good conversation so like you know, what if we could you have the option to pay for school tuition in filthy fiat or Bitcoin. I'm going to call back to last week and I'm going to suggest you may not want to muddy the karma of your children's education if you can do, if they allow it. Oh, that's a really, that's a really good point. Well, I mean, right. It's like, fuck, you're totally right. And that's the, that's the, so that's what I mean. Then the other, the other perspective was like my, like take my wife, right? Um, she basically still thinks the only way I'll ever be able to spend any Bitcoin is in El Salvador, right? If yeah. all of a sudden we can now take one of our biggest purchases that we actually have in our that we're actually saving fiat for, unfortunately, right, and say, well, you can now you, you can do that in Bitcoin. I mean, that's very legitimizing, very legitimizing of Bitcoin, and only really, I mean, we will have accomplished that in under say three years of like the, from the moment. I bought Bitcoin to the moment like I'm able to maybe maybe pay actually my kids tuition with it, right? Yeah. Be three years. That's would be pretty remarkable, right? But also then yes, at a much higher level, like uh, we need schools that will accept Bitcoin so that we can basically un you know, not bring a corrupting force into their education. Yeah, that's the the right schools will figure it out and the wrong like it's like you know, I, I don't like Bitcoin is for for there's a lot of people that is Bitcoin is going to save that like man I wish you would have just sunk with the ship. It's yeah, like school. So. There's going to be schools that Bitcoin saves. That's like like okay. Right now we're early, but I mean like eventually there's going to be schools that offer hey pay your tuition to Sats and be like I'm not I wouldn't send my kids to you. I hear you. I mean, there are going to be entities and institutions that Bitcoin that's, saves. That's like far down the road. Probably though. Coinbase is probably one of those, right? That oh like, yeah, true. They probably should. They should have gone by the wayside, but somehow, like, just despite their best efforts to kill Bitcoin, Bitcoin has kept them, has actually kept them as a going concern. Right? Yeah. Um, very. It's just very interesting. So, look, I'll just, I'll just say, stay tuned on school as it develops. I'm still very optimistic. I think that it's just some fud, 
and it's just some irrelevant board members that really don't have they don't have jurisdiction here this is interesting so like i mean he's walking the same bitcoin path similar a parallel bitcoin path that every every bitcoiner walks um i like he's walking the same path that i'm sure michael saylor walked like whenever michael saylor approached his board like michael saylor had a lot more power probably over his board to be able to yes. like push through his desires than than uh your school school headmaster here but saylor the is same, the senate <laughs> right but it's like the uh the, the like for an individual like for every individual sat stacker like if you're in a relationship with somebody who's not a bitcoiner yet they're they're a pre-coiner like i mean you're gonna the conversation's gonna have when they're like we only have five hundred dollars in the checking account like what like i'm how are you not alarmed like i am alarmed at this and be like it's like babe we have like we have like 20 grand in bitcoin sitting it's like it's like an hour away from fiat if we, but it's like until you have that mental click like the, the alarm of being low on fiat is always is ever present in the uh, the pre coiner's brain, and so like for him, like he's walked that that same conversation. Like to to walk and hodl Bitcoin, you need to for, you need to develop the conviction to be able to stand up to those who tell you get rid of it for the thing that I'm comfortable with. And for for a lot of us, that's our wives or our girlfriends um, or our husbands. But or I don't both. Want to be saying, yeah, or both. And then for him, it just happens to be it's his board. And like he's got to walk that walk and develop the skin that he needs to be a Bitcoiner. You've got to build the low time preference. It doesn't just happen. Yeah, right? you're right. It doesn't you happen just overnight. You have to build it, and you have to build it in an institution if you want to the institution to adopt it. That's really that simple. And you know you can't rail. This is why hodling is a human action. You cannot really railroad an institution. I mean, even like. So, you know, I, when, I, when I wrote that essay, I contrasted Saylor and Elon, right? Both had to give up something great to, um, you know, Saylor had to give up basically being CEO of the company to mm-hmm. continue this. Whereas Elon had to give up the corn. He, you know, yeah. he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't quite get to where Saylor got as terms of understanding it in terms of conviction. And he gave up the Bitcoin. Um, not all of it, but he gave up this position. He basically said, this is a flyer and, you know, nice experiment, but he, you know, he basically gave up the Bitcoin, which is far to me, far more damaging than sailors move. Right. Sailors like, no, I don't need to be the CEO. I need to be this Bitcoin. <laughs> I need to make this Bitcoin thing happen that in my vision. Yeah. Right. It's very interesting when you contrast. And so if you are in an institution and you, you're a steward of that institution and you see Bitcoin as the ultimate solution, which some people are coming to, it's going to cost you something, right? And this is hodling costs. That's what, you know, there's a cost to hodling. It's an unreasonable thing to do. It costs you, it may cost you your relationship. It may cost you your position. It may, you know, it's going to cost you something. Right. And um, I think that's where we are. And I think my the dean is just going to be like, I don't care if these guys are mad at me. We're still doing this, right? We're doing this until they fire me. And I think that's pretty much like. I mean, props. Yeah, he's going to find his pain tolerance. I mean, yep. pretty rapidly. So I mean, that's. But I mean, all, all of us do. And like, the that's question one is, of the, do you, it's I, like I, working out. I think that this. It, I think that like the Cambridge and Waldorf school is at this crossroads. That they're either going to be, there is no middle ground. They're either going to be a beacon and a leader that gives rise to the growth of Bitcoin, or they're going to be in the history books as an institution that got 
fucking wrecked by getting in its way. Mm. And I don't think there, I, this is the leadership that the Dean has caused now. That's where we are. And you either get that or right. You either get it or you don't, but there's no, there's no ordinary outcome happening here. Right. That's going to be forgotten. I mean, it's important to have that like direct that permiss- that permission from the top down. So, like, y- your one daughter is doing like a, a school project now in Bitcoin. With well, so she like- did. They canceled the project, and I'm starting to wonder whether or not it was because of her. Uh, honestly, like, I'm starting they canceled, to canceled. Like, they canceled the project for the entire school. Well, for the class. Yeah. So she did it. She put it together, and she came to my meetup and presented it in front of 15 people, 15 yeah. adults, and um, then we found out the next day that the, all the presentations were canceled. And it may be because like, there were a bunch of kids that got sick or something like that, but like, mm. I will never discount. Oh, so, so it wasn't the project that was canceled. It was just presenting it the, at the end. Yeah, it was the okay. presentations That's that were canceled. But I still won't discount the fact that they didn't want some kid talking about uncensorable money, Canadian truckers. You're right. Yeah, um, That's where that's immediately where my brain goes. It's like, hmm, okay, all right. Interesting. Yep. I was, I told, I, I had, um, you know, big thing was primary sources and we were having trouble getting primary sources on the Canadian trucker thing. But then our boy Boomy was there and, uh, Fuck shout yeah. out Boomer. And I was like, yeah, we'll just get them online. We'll get them in on zoom and just have them be like, talk about it. Right. But it turned out he actually wrote a piece for Bitcoin magazine, a, his firsthand account. So she was able to use that as a primary source. You know, on a ta- tangent on Boomer, the, uh, I'm, my wife and I are kind of considering a Canadian RV adventure, and I think right now we're we're leading in the direction that let's just go up to Prince Edward Island and fucking hang out and check out that whole, that whole area up there. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We, yeah. I may end up getting some FaceTime with Boomer in the, in the future. That's definitely um, in the cards for myself as well, and I've been wanting to take um, my daughter up to Canada. We're thinking about maybe doing the Canadian Bitcoin conference, um, p- perhaps, but I love the the island idea. Yeah. Checking it out. I like the idea of just picking an island and then just, all right, we're going to spend like a week just checking out this one area and then just go all over this one area. Anyway, to, to, yeah, I don't want to tangent away from that, but the idea of building a project, so your, your daughter built like a Bitcoin project. Um, the idea, like having a Bitcoin related project under your belt is I think one of, is going to be one of the most important items that you can have on your resume going forward. Be like, okay, what have you built? What have you done with Bitcoin? Um, and for example, so one yeah. of the guys, one of the guys in our, uh, our group, Johnny, um, again, lo- like Nims, love it. Johnny, he, he built a, he's working on building an add on for the BISC, uh, the BISC program. And for all y'all that's, they're, they're unfamiliar with it. BISC is a, is a program that you can use to, uh, do peer to peer Bitcoin purchases from other people that are looking to trade some Bitcoin for fiat. So KYC and- free, it's a KYC free Probably one of the more developed platforms for KYC free Bitcoin, basically. All right, right? I've ch- I, so have, have you played with it at all? Very limitedly. I like. I think I looked into it, and it it didn't click for me that <laughs> I could figure it out, or it didn't. Click I downloaded. So it's like it's a program you download, and it runs like in t- it's a massive program that runs entirely locally on your computer. So like if you if you look at your system um, processes that wh- while you're running it, it's like oh this is this is taking a lot of. Because it's, it's not tying into any like centralized server somewhere. It's like your computer is doing all the heavy heavy lifting, going out and like searching. That this is my I, I could be wrong. This is my understanding of how it works. Um, but currently, with, like what the BISC team, it's it's an open source program, uh, open source project 
that is currently th their main idea. It's like because of how heavy the client is, it could never run on something like an Umbral or on, on like a Raspberry Pi server. It's way too too resource intensive for something like that. So I, I believe what their whole team is working on right now is pivoting to a like a BISC two, which will be a light client. Which I, I I don't know how they're going to do a light client without having some kind of centralizing server that you're tying into. What does but, it do right, then? If it like what does it do with all these resources? I, I'm. That's a good question. It's <laughs> it's doing work. Let's say Reach it's out doing the telegram, work. Telegram, if you guys like know like what Bisc actually does, like let us know, please. But anyway, so so their their team is right now working on like a lighter version of it that can so you could you could run like a Bisc client and you're on your Umbral or on your Raspberry Pi node. But so so our buddy Johnny, he like he he is he is uh, at the time. So we graduated together. And like he worked at a uh, a company for a while, and I worked at the company for a while. I left my company, he left his company, and we're both doing like other things now. Um, but he's realized that like he wants to get a job in Bitcoin, and the thing he needs to do, like how do you get a job in Bitcoin? It's like it's not by being like, oh hey, look at all my fiat credentials. Like that's there was a time when like I'm, I'm not going to say that you can't get a job in Bitcoin with just fiat credentials, but. It's hard to do. There's a fuck ton of like you, you are swimming in a school of ten thousand other fish if you're trying to stand out by using the same credentials it's as everybody else. Not going to be the kind of Bitcoin job I don't think you want. Talk, well, right, you, like you'll get karma. a fiat job in yes, Bitcoin. It's going to be pretty corrupted. Um, it's going to be a corrupted fiat job. But it's like the way right. to move forward in the system that we're building is to build something. Like build something, and then that's what you can hold out as. Like whenever whenever you're looking for employment, like oh hey, this is what I built. So um, Johnny, he, like he decided, like all right, I'm going to build an add-on for Bisc that um, is a like I use a spreadsheet to track all of my purchases and and sells and all that stuff, all of like my dollar cost information. Um, and so he decided to build essentially a spreadsheet like that for as an add-on for Bisc that you could track everything, not just what you're doing in Bisc, but you could track everything. Um, and so hmm. like he he reached out to Bisc and they've been quite closed-lipped with him. Um, they, they haven't been responding. I, I think finally he, they responded to him. Like he was asking for where some of the resources were on their GitHub and they just weren't responding, which makes sense. If you're building a product like BISC, I would be super, super hesitant to onboard new people as well. Looking at what happened with like Fluffy Pony and Monero and, um, and Uniswap and all like the government has, has their eyes out for people that are developing freedom tech. So it makes sense why if you're developing freedom tech, Keep your fucking head down and watch out for new people being like, "Hey, I want to come help you guys." But in the meantime, like Johnny is actually like he's not a Fed. He's 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 actually trying to add value. Um, but they didn't respond, so he's just going he's just going ahead and building it on his own. But like he's going to like his intention is he can pivot this at some point in the future to it to a job. And like when you first earn your first Bitcoin, it's like having your like I imagine like a lot of businesses have like that first dollar up on their wall. Like when you first do your first job where you earn Bitcoin directly, it's like I have my first sats I ever earned on, on a UTXO that will never move. It's like that. Th these are my these are the first like pure like pure energy that I actually harvested from from the universe that wasn't corrupted by government fuckery. And like forever, I've got that UTXO set sitting there now. And I, I recommended that to him. But like I think a lot of people like if so, how do you want to pivot out of the legacy economy into the Bitcoin economy? I think like take Johnny's example, fucking build build something and then use that. Yeah, I think this is great. And by the way, I think my first my first Bitcoin earning is got to be from Senator's Hospice and Big Turd. So thank you guys. Right. Like, yeah. I don't. That's the first time I think I've maybe earned genuinely earned Bitcoin. Okay. 
The um, first work, you, the first real work you've ever done in your life. There's like a lot. Other than being a parent. There's a lot here. And this is like, there's a lot here. Um, We, in Phoenixville, we have a a new member who recently moved to the area. And he is um, the founder of like a Bitcoin recruiting company. And, you know, he basically, his, his job is like basically finding people who to, you know, work for places, I guess, like Strike and like, you know, these places that need employees, right? But there's, I started listening to his podcast. It's called the Bitcoin Talent Podcast. Shout out, um, shout out, Eric. Bitcoin Talent Podcast. I would recommend people listen to it. Um, I'm learning a lot personally just about, um, you know, I think I listened to Luke Broyles. I listened to um, Cody Lowe, who works at Fetty. And so what I'm triangulating from their discussion and what you're telling me about Johnny, right, is what they, what these guys look for, like I think Cody was talking about when they were recruiting for Fetty, they already know who is like doing pull requests from a Fediment, like the open source uh, Fediment. So like they know if you're, you know, they kind of like everybody wants the job and like they're all Bitcoiners, right? But like, can you actually... You act, you know, like, can you actually stand up? Yeah. What have you done? Right. Yeah. And so I don't like, he doesn't like, I don't think Johnny has to be looking to work for BISC. Somebody's going to say, somebody's going to see that he knows how to work in an open source, um, you know, work with open source um, software with a company that is closed kind of, right? He actually. Because that's how I mean, most companies are going to, most companies, like, and that, that takes a certain skill to be able to navigate that. And I just see him dis- describing this in an interview and saying, yeah. I did this thing with Bisc and they didn't want to tell me jack shit and this is what I had to do. Yeah, and I figured it out. I just yeah. did it myself. And like that's the kind of uh, – yeah, so to me that's the kind of thing that would really stand out. I'm guessing everyone who's listening to this is like, yeah, I've never – probably haven't gone that far. There's but, a big difference of employees between like the employee that comes in and looks for something to do. Like, oh, the floor needs swept. I'm going to sweep the floor. And the employee that comes in and sits and waits to be told to do something – but yeah, yeah. So Johnny, he uh, so un- unrelated to his BISC application, he he just got he did his first contract work with with a website, a Bitcoin website, and yeah, they they paid him some sats for his for his work there. And it's like it's awesome, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so free. It's like to earn some, it, it's. I'm I don't trying know. to compare it. To, it's like it's not even like your first paycheck. Like I remember getting my first paycheck when I had my first job, and like that was transformation. It was enough of a moment that I remember it still, but. It's not the same as earning your first sats. It's it's a different thing. No, because when you earn sats, you're being told that what you did was valuable. Value your value, like one. It, it's this this value under twenty one million Bitcoin versus the value of a paycheck is like this value under question mark. With, like that's what I'm saying. When you get paid in dollars, there's no signal whatsoever. It could be for any reason. It could be because the guy paying you had to take a bad shit and just needed you out of the way and would pay yeah. you. So you right. just, it, it, there's no signal of value with sats. There is a one-to-one direct signal of value. No one's going to part with sats unless it's for value. And that is why it's so fucking beautiful to transact in sats. Simple as that, right? It takes a, uh, a different mindset to be that kind of employee. Like I didn't want to be the employee that went in and like looked for th- things to do. Like I wanted to be the employee that just collected, collected my salary for, for most of my life. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be a consumer. 
I, di- I didn't want I didn't want to be a producer. I, d- I just wanted to get paid and to go home and enjoy the internet and enjoy my family and not have to like think about anything. But like that, like that's the NPC mindset is is what I was living then, and like that was what I had. One of the biggest hurdles that I had to overcome was realizing like that, like okay, if I want to exist in this world, like I have to work. There's like nobody, no, no. I guess the the revelation is nobody's coming to save you. Like nobody was coming to save me, and it was yeah. making that having that realization. It is uncomfortable as all fucking hell to have to stand up and fucking put put your pants on after existing without your pants on for your whole life. Jesus Christ. But there's a darker there's a darker flip side to because like I can tell you like in fiat world I always aspire to add value and it like never uh it's painful dude it's like fucking like if you don't become like the NPC you pretty much will bear you'll you'll bear a, a pain and you'll you, your life will never really work because you because you don't really, if adding, if, if, you know, the reason you get paid isn't because you add value, then what is the reason? And you just never really know, right? So what people end up doing, it's kind of like you're studying for a test and you know, like only 10% of the textbook is going to be tested, but you study, you'll memorize like a hundred percent of the textbook. And so like these people don't know why they're getting paid. So they are beck and call 24 seven responding to emails, responding to their boss's texts, going to every event, going to every meeting, you know, and it's like, you can't live that life is not sustainable. You need a value signal. <laughs> you need like, actually, it's, it's incredibly empty. Yeah. I mean, you, there's you, like all yeah. these videos of zoomers on, on, on Twitter now that are like freaking out. Like nobody told me that life was so empty and meaningless. If you just live it for like nine to five, it's like, yeah, like welcome to the world. Yeah. So like, Without a value signal, right, your time just gets – it's basically an empty sieve of your time, right? With no with no value signal, you just keep putting your time in until you get paid, right? Yeah. Until you get paid for something, right? And you hope that you put enough time in to get paid for something. You don't really know why, right? With a value signal, you put the time in needed to produce that value. As simple as that. I mean it's like it's – and then you have a sustainable life, Right. Yeah, it's, it's man. Salaries are dangerous. Salaries are fucking yeah. dangerous. Because it's it, like, yeah, the the like the incentive of getting paid when you finish a job has like that has sorted my life out so much. It's like, I, like both my parents were salaried growing up, and it made like I and it's I don't dangerous. think yes, it's dangerous. Yeah, I don't know that I it ever occurred to me that there was any goal other than getting a salary and just. Like, and then once you get that salary, then you can coast. Man, if you want that yeah. tenure, then I can coast. I was going to say, imagine getting a salary and a tenure. Ooh. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, and right. a pension at the end of the whole thing. Like, oh my God, I mean, this salary is going to continue, but like, yeah, and you're I'm still dead? fucking broke. Like, like I know, right? I know people that are like, they, they have, we, we have some family friends who have a, uh, like a, a house they rent and there's like, they haven't had a mortgage, mortgage on it in 20 years. It was like their, their dad's house. And now they've just been renting it for 20 years with no mortgage on it. And they have, nothing like they have no money like because they, they're always go, they're going out and like oh we, we bought the new uh the, this giant ass truck or like all the, like they're just constantly finding things to spend money on it's like and somehow my wife and i who i mean we are we're millennials like at more at the beginning of our journey than them and we're way ahead of them just because like yeah it's th- that trap of recurring income that you just get comfortable with man it ruins you it can ruin you it can, yeah. I, so I, I would recommend. I would like actually recommend uh, 
checking out Eric's podcast, Bitcoin Talent. It's been, I will uh, definitely link like when yeah there will be a link link like in one or the, two uh, episodes description folks one or two episodes and you will get like what you really should be doing to make yourself even just to make yourself a candidate that somebody should should even look at right and it involves just it really does involve pull pull requests coding and you know trying to add value right and it's just like that's I I I've, I've been thinking a lot about this life after fiat right how do you do it you know, part of it is I think you're gonna have to save a lot in Bitcoin, and then that savings is gonna have to it's gonna have to really make you feel like you can walk away from fiat. Our goal with saving Bitcoin, right. like we need we need enough Bitcoin to survive the transition into the Bitcoin world. Then we'll get jobs in the Bitcoin world if we need to. Then, but like the one thing keeping me from feeling like I can cut the cord entirely um, is the ability to earn. And that's and maybe my fiat job is keeping me from discovering that potentially, but also that's I think earning fiat answers every question anybody might have about life after fiat, right? It's like if you can earn it, it's the best way to get it anyway, right? And besides, as Bitcoin becomes more and more scarce, it's the only way you're going to get Bitcoin. It's the only yeah. way you're not going to like run down your stack. Um, you know, we had a uh, my company. <laughs> we all you guys all know. Like my company had the biggest layoff in the history of the company on Monday. And oh, did I pray that I was included in that. Get that and, severance package. You know, it turns out I'm going to have to be a man and exit on my own will and inertia without an entitlement. And that's yeah, I had pretty to, I much had how it's going to have to go. I had to write a letter. And, you know, like exactly. And that's, that's what I realized. And it, I think this could happen this year. I think my family's ready. Um, family's ready for it. I think I'm ready for it. You never know. There could be some higher. There may be some higher purpose as to why I'm where I why I work where I do. There could be. May, maybe there's a higher purpose. But I don't want to like. I don't want to like. I don't want that to be some copium as to why I keep my job. I want maybe just, I mean, it's like yeah. Your higher purpose could be like like I believe my my higher purpose at Deloitte was to show everybody in that office that oh. He, this guy doesn't there's a reason he's not here anymore there's a thing he was talking about while he was here and now he's not here anymore i mean you guys i've talked about it here but like i genuinely there there is a pathway where i like could be responsible for many billions of dollars flowing into bitcoin like there is a pathway because of my employment in my company that i could create that i'm working on it and if i quit before that happens it was meant to be it's because I'm trying – I re, because what I want to build – like I do need, want to build something for after Bitcoin. And I mm. want to build a place where my kids can go work and that's not corrupted by fiat. And, I, and you know, working on – even if it's getting all – you know, working on financial products and all that stuff, it's not accomplishing those goals. And at some point, I really am going to have to cut the cord and walk away. And I feel like that point is coming sooner and sooner. Well, dude, I – God be with you as you do it. It's a it's a hell of a transition. And yeah, and it's about like like really so earning Bitcoin is I guess part of that cornerstone. The other part is having a community and a circular economy where you live and people who will have your back. And so that's the other thing. So you go to your meetups, find your plumbers, right? Find your schools or make them, 
right? <laughs> or create build, build your like build your Bitcoin yeah. projects now because pretty soon every business that once once a business like once the owner of a business realizes what's what's about to happen, every single business is going to want to get a Bitcoiner on their payroll. Like yeah. to, to if for nothing like like just amount like a, a grocery store chain like they're gonna have a Bitcoin on their a Bitcoiner on their payroll if not several to to troubleshoot all of the payment stuff that the point of sale things on all their stores like there's going to be a lot a lot a lot of Bitcoin jobs available and how do you get like the first ones are you know how they're gonna they're gonna find the first ones by paying them like four times what their competitors are, are getting anywhere else so like if you want to be one of those ridiculously overcompensated Bitcoin who what you're doing oh yeah you're setting up a, like some lightning channels and stuff and managing managing a lightning node for a big corporation build a project now like that pro- this project you're building now like this civics project or like that you're not presenting at your school or the, like this bisque extension like this is your ticket into a cushy i mean sa- probably salaried position so yeah. i mean take the asterisks of what build we just talked about up. with salaries yeah build a github i mean i would say i would i would make a general statement guys that you should genuinely organically be wanting to write code to do the things that fancy the things in your head and if you can't write code learn how to use large language models to write code for you like they will teach you and they they will like if it's much easier now like learning code isn't that difficult and it's easier now than it ever has been i i have a um so it's interesting i have a kid on my team i might my team and my work, like I have like math PhDs and typically people who are very, very technical. And um, for a reason or another, this person became available as an entry level and didn't have any technical, really any technical skills at all. But we hired him. And this kid, this kid is like literally the most productive kid on my team. And he's responsible for like the most things actually converting and happening. And he basically does everything. Yeah. He does He's everything on ChatGPT. Like he, like, luckily for him, I can audit like his code, and I, I can see, you know, I can help because I can see what he's doing. But like, he's just like he's not limited because you know he's not he's not limited by some technical knowledge that he would get, um, you know, thinking he knows he knows he doesn't know any of that. So he just does brute he just brute forces it. I'm saying you guys have ideas. You guys have ideas in Bitcoin, and you say, "Oh, I wish something existed." It's just like you'd be surprised if you just like started building it. <laughs> start, start like, and I would say, look, if you don't know how to code, you're probably not going to work in Bitcoin until you do. So, if you don't know how to code, start learning. It's not hard. There's yeah. mil- millions of resources for that. It's like, and like, get me I'm, in the Telegram and get hit me on the Telegram, and I'll start. You know, we'll start. We'll start learning how to code. And even like there, there's a bit, so it's like like a foreign language. There's a difference between being able to speak a foreign language and being able to grok and understand a foreign language. So like the ability to parse code, to, to look at a code repository and understand what's going on, is not the same as being able to recreate that or make your own whole repository from scratch. But like the first step is just being able to look like go, go down from line 100 all the way down to line a thousand or whatever wherever it goes to and try to wrap your mind around the the flow of what's happening there and it's like it's it's logic it's not like mis ma- like i feel like a lot of people think like code is magic mystery sauce it's it's, it's ones and zeros it's it's logic it's yes or no it's like it's not it's it's grokkable yeah i mean you, you know if you're that impressed by it you shouldn't be working with it you have to basically be unimpressed by it and understand that it is a tool and learn how to you learn how to wield this tool to accomplish your goals. 
How much? So you, you manage a team of people. Did, did you have anybody laid off on your team? Nah, nah. So your your team, your whole team survived it. All right. Unaffected. My well, that um, just shows how much value you're adding to, to the company. They're like, no, no, no. We're not. We're, we're fundamentally fundamentals alone. Well, He's got particularly this. since I am reviled as because like I don't. I am who I am, right? And I am like at a level where most people have long since given up their independence, right? So. I do genuinely, I mean, I genuinely add value. I can put the number on it and it's, I live, I live in a time where nobody else is adding any value. It's just so happens. Right. So yeah, like I think if right. I, That's- if I lived in a time of strong men, they would look at my value add and say, not good enough for how, for who you are. You're gone. <laughs> you know? I feel the same way. It's like my ideas for Bitcoin are, are like nothing. There's just so much low hanging fruit right now. Like, like the idea of like what, what Johnny's doing with BISC. Hey, I, hey, hey, you, you like, Johnny, you could do this or anybody out there. Like, you know how many things are available right now? Like, you could build a super easy client for it to run on Umbral. That's just a portfolio tracker. Like, the, like I, I'm Dude, pretty sure there's not one on there right now. Once again, speaking, I, don't, I hate simping for Boomer. I hate it. Okay. But we love the guy. I'll He's working on a project right now where, um, and this is, there's a saying in data, in data, in the data analysis world that, you know, if, it, chances are you're the only one to ever think of the thing you want to do. So this is like a pretty good chance. And so that's why you really should be thinking of these projects. So uh, Boomer is is trying to build a data set that gives a uh, Bitcoin price by block height, which if you just like think about it for a second, you know, like doesn't really exist, but you can yeah. see why that could be really useful. And I was like, dude, do me a favor. Let's both quit our jobs right now and work on this. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I would, Fucking boomer, stop working for the government of Canada and let's quit our jobs and work on this one project because that would be enormously valuable. And it's the kind of thing like, dude, you, you, everyone, all of you have unique ideas and no one mm. else is, no one else gives a shit usually about them, but you have a unique idea. But that just means that you have the ability to create something and nobody else has. Right. Yeah. It's just finding like being weird is com- is a competitive advantage on the internet. Or gr- growing up, it was like I was, I was like, oh, you you want to fit in? You got to be with cool kids. It was like, man, was that d- destructive advice for the the world we were growing up into? It was like, no, you, like figure out where you stand out from the crowd, and then figure out if that's a good thing or not. I never got that advice. I got the lie. I got th- and I believed it. The lie was like, oh, just be yourself and you'll be fine. And I was like, oh, well, cool. I mean, there, that there's always fine. that lie, but it's like, I mean, it's like the school, I mean, growing up with school teachers, like, yeah, I was like, you're all, yeah, you're all individual, special snowflakes, but it's also, I mean, like growing up with school teachers for parents, it was like, all right, well, stand in line. Like you, all you kids need to play, play nicely together. And I, in turn, like, I realize now, like as an adult, the way we as adults need to play nicely together is we need, all need to use freedom and equity. Like we need money. We need free, freedom money and we can play nicely t- together there. Everywhere else is fair game. Like we yeah. are, we are animals in a competitive environment that are like all of the cooperation is done because we rise above our bio- biology. We are individuals. And it is the energy we put into what we care about as individuals that adds value to others, right? This is, we are, we add, if we were all equal, we could never add value to each other. And right. yeah, true. thank fucking God we are all unequal. 
thank fucking God we're all unequal because we the all... The world would be a pretty terrible place if everything was equal and balanced. We all have an ability to dig into ourselves and give ourselves to each other. Hell yeah. This one is for the boys. With your greased up and heavy metal toys. So beefed up you can get through the door. It's your time to break through. Batman to the rescue. Bobby, your time is up. You will not take our voice. See, I'm the groove. Catch our hottest thing. Six pack and tight G string. No, I'm not gay, bro. But I've been on that lay low. Strip clubs and dollar bills. Wall Street and dirty deals. Pop stars, exotic pills. Cars with dirty wheels. Cause that's the man. Sexy and free